0: that we have but sometimes the, the faith that we have and it is tried every day and it's not only tried in the political arenas it's tried in our everyday life do we believe that God is capable of saving us and keeping us each day do we understand that the purpose of God is for our own individual growth and that the uncomfortable times the chastisement of our life is about god helping to lead us or to bring us back on course or get us correct the little course that we have in our lives so the challenges are in our lives are sometimes emotional sometimes they are physical sometimes they are spiritual and that we know that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and, you know, spiritual darkness. And so sometimes we don't, you know, it's, it's for me, I, I think of people that in, in the past that, you know, everything was, there was um, a demon behind every bush, you know. There was always some working of darkness. They, they could always see the hand, of, the hand of evil around them everywhere. And it's, you know, and I would always think, you need to get another perspective. <laughs> you need to understand that, yes, There is evil, and it's all around us, the principality of the air, prince and power of the air. But we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is with us, and that the blood of Jesus Christ covers us, and that we are are protected, that nothing can come close to us, that evil cannot step on the blood of Jesus Christ. So there is a protection, there is that which God has surrounded us. Job calls it the hedge. Or excuse me, Satan calls it a hedge around Job. Whenever he is talking with God, he says, "We can't touch him because you've put a hedge about him." (laughs) Well, we need to recognize that there is a hedge about us that can protect and save us. But you know, sometimes in our thinking, we will uh, allow ourselves to be defeated before the before the trial even comes. That we will think that we are not good enough, or not capable of of doing certain things and we've already put ourselves in a vulnerable position. So I think today as we look at this I thought of how that we have the armor of God and how that whenever we are thinking of defense I guess in a, in a uh, sports term the best defense is an offense and being offensive and that we don't do not sit back on our heels and we do not hide within the walls of a, of a uh, structure, as a fortress. And I know a mighty fortress is our God. You know, we have those songs and things. But God doesn't tell us that we have a fortress. He tells us that we are army. We are individuals equipped to go forth and, do, to, and to do battle. And, but we have to understand who we're doing battle with. Sometimes we're doing battle with the devil. I mean, you know... We're doing battle with the the demons and devil himself. Sometimes (laughs) we're doing battle with our own minds. (laughs) And with our own thoughts. And with our own misgivings and misinterpretations and misunderstandings. Sometimes we're doing battles there. And (laughs) the will of God, the will of man, and influences in our life. So we think of, is it God? Is it me? Is it the devil? And so sometimes we have to recognize the challenges that we face are that we are we surrendering to the will of God and for God's intent for our life. So we would think it would be easy to determine which which one of these we would follow. But you know, sometimes the, uh, the, the scripture says that the devil appears as an angel of light that people think they are following the good, and it ends up being evil. And so we can get into all those different uh, controversies and discussions, but not gonna go there. Because I want us to focus on the faith on trial, is that do we have enough faith to believe? You see, we can always have enough doubt to doubt. (laughs) Did you ever think of that? We always have enough doubt to doubt. You know, I doubt that'll happen. Why? Well, you know, I believed for something once and didn't come, so I figured it's not going to happen again. But you see, faith is enough faith to believe. And sometimes, uh, you know, the old adage, is a cup half full or is it half empty? You know, whenever we find a lemon, what do we do? We make lemonade, you know? You know, that was, you know, years ago, the guy who came up with that thought, it was a great... uh, way of inspiring people. You know, if you have a lemon, make lemonade. If you have an apple, make apple juice, you know. If you, whatever you got, you use it to the best of your ability. <clears throat> if you have coffee, drink it. <laughs> I'm not saying anything else about, you know, if you have water, drink it, but that's about as far as it goes. So, uh, <clears throat> It's important that we, we see who it is and what it is that we're doing battle with. And it isn't always the forces of darkness. Sometimes it's just our own deficiencies and, and misinterpretation and misunderstanding of who we are. You know, the, there are positive thinking, okay? There's a half glass, half full, half empty. Positive outlook. You know, there's some people that no matter what happens, it's negative. You know, their glass is full and running over and they're complaining that their hand got wet. You know, <laughs> they're looking at life from all the difficulties that come and they can't see anything good in their life. Well, the challenge that God gives us is more than just positive thinking. It is a positive awareness that God is with me. And that, you know, if you, if you look at the martyrs the, of of people who have been martyred for their faith and killed for their faith, they went into the arenas with an understanding that God was with them and that they would go out into the arena and face death, singing songs to praise to God. You know, they couldn't change the fact they weren't rebuking the devil. They were worshiping God and entering into this arena of death, knowing that God was with them and that nothing could separate them from God. You see, we have to look at our life and know that we have a purpose, God has a plan, and God can see beyond our abilities to see. We have our, we have our per- perceptions. And if I were to just stop and say, okay, what is your perception of yourself and where you're going to go in the next day? What is your perception of yourself and where do you think you'll be in the next month? Christmas, beginning of the new year. What is your perception of where you'll be then? How about five years from now? Where are you going to be? What is your perception? You see, how you look at yourself and perceive yourself will determine where you go with who you are. And God says, if we look at his word, he's telling us, you are more than a conqueror through Christ. He says, all things will work together for good. So God's perception is one that you will be victorious and you will make it to fulfill the plan of God in your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. That was my choir thing. (laughs) I preach to the choir. No. (laughs) I was in our Sunday school lesson. It talked about uh, wisdom and how that God, where what we are to have wisdom, the application of knowledge and truth, and how that God has there different kinds of wisdom, and and uh, you know talked about in the Old Testament, uh, God gave them wisdom to make the the instruments for the tabernacle. You know, you know. Putting the gold and bowls and all those things together within the tabernacle, and then there was Joshua's wisdom to be the military conqueror to take the uh, drive the enemy from the land, and then there's Daniel's wisdom to interpret dreams and things and mysteries, and then there's so the the wisdom is more than just this understanding of, of truth and understanding of of, of events of life, uh, Daniel's interpretation of dreams, and so there's different kinds of wisdom. But the wisdom of God is more than just seeing that which, seeing that which is not the obvious to our own eyes. So as we look at the armor of God, Paul says, finally, <laughs> finally, you know, you know I, I, that's not the end of my sermon. It's just the beginning. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in God. Be strong in the Lord. So that we have to understand that God wants us. He he wants for us to have his strength. He wants for us to understand that his strength is not someplace else. That we have to go through these many trials. We have to go through these many rituals. We have to do something in order to find his strength. He already he says that we are to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's his might that we are strong in. When Joshua was driving out to, or to go and drive out the enemies from the promised land, he's entering this promised land with an untrained army, an untrained group of men fighting a very well fortified and trained people. So in the... Scheme of things, he was not going to win. There is no way that he's going to take down Jericho. There's no way he's going to drive out the enemy from the land because he has a group of untrained individuals coming against warriors. But be strong in the power of the Lord and in his might. And so Joshua learned to trust in the Lord and that lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. In every avenue that we pursue, we are acknowledging, asking God for direction and help as we take our next step. Paul was well aware of the armor of God. Paul was often, he he was um, either chained to a Roman soldier or a Roman soldier was there in in the room with him. And so there he is writing this letter and perhaps he's looking at a Roman soldier and going, oh, yeah, helmet of salvation, (laughs) breastplate of righteousness. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, I got a good sermon here. I've got a good outline. He was able to look at a Roman soldier and put together an armament for the Christian believer. And we're all, all soldiers of God, but for the Christian believer, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, <laughs> the devil's schemes. Sometimes we don't attribute enough to the enemy of our soul that there are, there's a scheme going on to defeat the church. There's a divine scheme going on to bring the body of Christ, to separate the body of Christ one from another. That there is a divide and conquer. There is a way of getting into the, 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 the congregation. You know, One, one uh, minister years ago, he used to say, um, if you don't believe there's a devil, go to a church business meeting. <laughs> you know, fortunately, we haven't had those here. But uh, I've had, not the privilege of attending, but I've been in attendance where some of those things have taken place. But the devil's schemes are about trying to divide and, and, and to separate people one from another, create divisions. And if we are smart enough to know that whenever we are being divided or separated from someone because of things they've said or things that we've done or things that they've brought up about us, lies that have been told, we need to look beyond that and know that this is the scheme of someone different than the person we're talking to. You know, schemes and schisms and divisions and things within families and within, you know, neighbors and within churches or groups, when they become strong, (laughs) the enemy of our soul is trying to find a weakness. And so pride, selfishness, self-centeredness, hurtful, hurt feelings... These are things that are schemes of stepping on someone's toes. (laughs) All those those things are are ways in which we can justify our way of breaking a relationship. These are the schemes of the devil because the the relationship that Jesus tells us about is to have love and joy and peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, forgiving people. (laughs) You see, so whenever we find ourselves in this scheme of division or separation or something driving a wedge between us, we need to recognize that it's not necessarily that person themselves, but it can be this influence that is really not them. Now, that doesn't mean that they're of the devil. It just means that sometimes we don't listen to the correct voice. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. See, our struggle isn't against people. Democrats or Republicans. (laughs) President, running for president. Our, Our divisions are not against people. We need to find that you need to take your stand against the devil's schemes. And whatever they may be, whatever it may look, that we need to know that there is a scheme. There are truths and there are not so good much truths. And, and finding that is, is difficult. Well, anyhow, now I just lost somebody. Where is he going to go? Is he going to tell us how to? No, I didn't. No. You, God will direct us, direct you. So... Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. You know, just like we have a, a military system, we have, you know, commander-in-chief, we have four-star generals, three whatever. We have people, a military system works all the way down to the privates and, you know, the, the entry level. There, there, is a, there is a demonic order Of evil that runs that same type of, you know, hierarchy, and we see it throughout the scriptures. And so our our understanding is that we need to know that there is this evil that wants to destroy and take away. But Paul says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. Put on the complete armor. Can you imagine a soldier going out with just a helmet on? It's like, where's the rest of your armor? Oh, I don't need it. I just need somebody who don't hit me in the head. You've already been hit in the head. So, So put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when the day of trials, you know, we don't wake up in the morning and say, you know, I think this is going to be a good day for a trial. (laughs) You know, usually the trials find us, blindside us, you know. They, they come in from some place that's not expected. So every day when we get up, we need to put on the armor of God, know that God's helmet, God's, well, we'll go through all of those things. But when we're seeing this, we need to understand that God has a purpose and that in that purpose is not so much to try you, but to defeat the enemy, Did you ever think that, that it's not about you? It's about how that God is going to use you, his spirit in you, to defeat the enemy. It's not about us being defeated or fighting the battle. It's about God using us to defeat the enemy. And we are praying against that enemy and we are overcoming the enemy. And what does Revelation say? They overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The blood of Jesus Christ shed upon the cross overcomes the enemy of our soul and our testimony about who Jesus is to us in our hearts and lives. So, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of trial comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, stand. After you've done everything to stand and it seems like nothing changes, stand. Why? Because we know the reinforcements are coming. (laughs) We know that the power of God is already there. And because we haven't seen the victory, it doesn't mean the battle is over. It means only that we stand in faith, facing the enemy. We face the difficulties. Nowhere does God tell us to defeat, to retreat, to go backwards. The, the work and the life that we have is always in front of us. You know, people ask me how you do. While well, the future is always in front of us, the future is never behind us. Do you ever notice that people, when they think about and they and they, they feel like they failed, their future is always behind them? That why well, this went wrong, that went wrong, I made this mistake. <clears throat> Here's, this is a Dave McGeeism. You ready for this? He who walks backwards into the future will trip over the present. <laughs> They're always being tripped up by what's going on in life. Because they can't see. And you see, going forward, we know what's in front of us. We know that the enemy of our soul is already defeated by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so it is the blood of Christ that has defeated the enemy of our soul. And then I have the word of my testimony, the word of my expectations. That I declare what God is going to do, is doing in our life. So, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Hmm. There's a couple of these things I wrote down because I'm not smart enough to remember them. Isn't that a defeating statement? <laughs> you were wondering, what? Wait, isn't that a contradiction of what you just said? Yes. I said that for our benefit. <laughs> How many times do we contradict what we believe by what we say. See? So I wrote these things down because I know that I need to remember them. <laughs> so. All right. So God is not on trial. We are. And Jesus has already told us we've won. Now, if, you, if, if we don't, well, it's another, another situation, but in each of the the ways that it talks about the cross and christ and the power and breaking sin and canceled sin and all that these are all legal terms like that would be used in a courtroom and that the accuser of their brother and the accuser of those who are believers in christ is the devil himself and he stands in the courtroom of god bringing up all the things that went wrong in our life and what do we do what do we do so many times we agree with the enemy of our soul. I can't, i failed, I've, looking backwards, I've fallen. But you see, it's not how many times we fall, how many times do we get up? And Jesus, how many times are we supposed to forgive? 70 times seven. I mean, it's an infinite number, so how many times will God forgive us? It's not an excuse, it's just making us aware. So we put on the um, belt of truth. So the belt of truth is the, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. What is the truth? What, what encounters the truth? The truth is the truth is the truth. You know, this is my perception. This is my understanding. God knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. So let us stand upon the truth of God's word. Truth of God's word, I am more than a conqueror. Truth of God's word, I am forgiven. Truth of God's word he will never leave me nor forsake me. Truth of God's word, I can never be separated from God. Truth of God's word, see how that truth holds everything together? All right. Breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness. It's integrity, moral correctness, behavior, right thinking. Having a right standing with God. He is my righteousness. I have a right standing with God. See, it doesn't, it's not saying, How righteous am I? No, the righteousness of God, the right standing I have with God, I am forgiven. My heart is protected. <laughs> well, you've sinned. I have a right standing with God. My heart is protected. You failed. I have a right standing with God. My heart is protected. You see? Breastplate of righteousness. This main part of our body, you go stabbing it with something, there's going to be a lot of damage done. The breastplate of righteousness protects our heart. The breastplate of rightness, right standing with God. That's why why some of the temptations are for us to doubt our standing with God. That's the devil whispering in our ear doesn't mean you know it means that he we need to listen to the voice of the spirit all right breastplate of righteousness in place and your feet fitted i like this how many like to get fitted shoes how many like to buy shoes that don't fit <laughs> remember i remember alice rebco she would talk about working at the company store and the guy would come in and he had a size 8 or 9 shoe and he would want he tell Alice I want the biggest shoe you got you know and you know like size 12 or something she brings out a size 12 and he would buy them and Alice said that he, he, she would ask him why and he says same price big same price small I want big <laughs> yeah I get more for my money hey he's not dumb So what is this? Fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, that I am ready to go out and do battle because I am at peace. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound like I'm ready to do battle because I'm at peace. I am ready to fight the battle because I am at peace. I'm not looking for war. I'm not out fighting the war in my mind and my heart and, you know, angry at the world and angry at this and that. I am ready to fight because I am at peace. (laughs) I'm at peace with God. And anything that comes my way, there is a peace that passeth understanding that even in the midst of conflict, I am at peace. You know, one of the things that stopped the uh, Romans from killing Christians in the arenas, the Christians wouldn't fight back they died at peace. And there was no more sport in watching these people die because they died at peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Often the the shields were made differently but the shields, some of them were made out of cowhide and wood, and the cowhide would actually be soaked in water to put out the fiery darts that the enemy would shoot at them. And so that these, these cowhides that would be soaked with water, that they would, they would be able to absorb all the fiery darts. You know, if you watch some of these um, you know, ancient, not ancient, but the old-time battles and things with the... Uh, you know, back in the second century and early times, they'd all match up with their arrows and sh- you know shoot thousands of them you know on the enemy, and they'd all hide behind their shield. And this, you know some of those c- cultures they had these little round things. You know, it's like they put it up there. You know, it's like you should have a Roman shield. You know, <laughs> you should have one of those shields you can hide behind. Because you put that shield down, you can crouch behind it and nothing can touch you. The shield of faith is that which absorbs all of the fiery accusations that come at you. It absorbs them and extinguishes them. My faith is in Jesus Christ. It protects me. Everything that comes to me must come through the heart of God. And if if God's heart allows it to reach me, then it is something that I need to deal with. Shield of faith. Extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. You know, people may, I I make fun of me because I don't remember very well. Uh, My my brother says I got hit in the head too many times. (laughs) Playing football, I got knocked out and when, you know, this is back when you didn't have anything, concussion protocol. I was in the hospital for a week <laughs> with a concussion. Then I got kicked in the head a couple of times by the cow. And then I didn't know which end was up. Helmet of salvation protects our thinking. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. That we think on the things that are lovely, that are true, that are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise... Don't watch the news. (laughs) I just thought I'd put that in there. You know, if there's any virtue, if there's any good, think about those things. What are we doing? We're setting a standard up for what we're going to think on. Yes, you can watch the news. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Know how to use the word. The word, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it can pierce, even to the dividing, as, uh, dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow. The word of God is so effective, it, it divides, it can go in there and cut apart things that are human intentions and that which is of the enemy of our soul. It can use that sword to distinguish and cut them apart. The word of God I am more than a conqueror I can I can stand fast knowing that God is with me the word of my testimony and the blood of Christ the blood of the lamb the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray <laughs> and pray pray on all occasions it is a we every one of us think your mind never shuts down never shuts down so when you start thinking about something and it is not lovely not pure not of a good report it's about something's going to happen may happen has happened just turn that around to a prayer just make it a prayer god i'm i'm concerned about this i pray that you would be with these people be with this situation i pray that you would help me in this you would direct me in this so everything every thought The Bible says to bring every thought into subjection, meaning that what we think of, the helmet of salvation, is to help us keep right thoughts and to allow right things into our minds and to think on the things that are good in our life and in the lives of the people around us, and we pray for them. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. All kinds of prayers and requests. Jesus, The Bible says that God is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. What touches you touches God. If you are hurt, God is hurt. So God knows what's going on, so why not just turn it into a prayer? Why not just ask God to undertake this? Because he knows it hurts you. We just need to turn it over to him and ask him for guidance and wisdom and understanding. With this in mind... Be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. We have a responsibility to pray one for another. So when we think about them, so we're not only just praying about us, we're praying for other people, we're praying for other needs. We are turning this over to God and asking God's intervention on all these things. Our faith is on trial. Will the trial of our faith bring us to the place we are safe in God? We are safe in his armament. We are safe in his presence. And nothing can ever separate me from him. In all these things give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I will never leave you. Nor forsake you. The path of the righteous is set by the Lord. I go before you. I go behind you. I am to your left and right. I am above. I am beneath. I am in. You see all these places. Where is it that I can be that God is not? He is here. Amen? God, we thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you for your word, O God, that is a light to our path. And God, as we contemplate, as we think over, as we muse, as we meditate, as we allow your word to speak to us by your spirit, touch us, touch, touch us by your word. Let it find that lodging in our minds. May these pieces of armament fit us correctly, because, Lord, you have fitted our feet with the gospel of peace, and so you have fitted each piece of armament for our life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.